It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, Not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Uh, it was on the 26th of April 1903 that uh, from three living in Madrid decided to create a branch of the Chagun Club, which was Athletic Club de Bilbao in Madrid, and that is how Football Club Athletic de Madrid was born. And Athletic faced their parent club, Athletic Club Bilbao, this Saturday at the New San Mames. So joining me to talk on that is an aspiring sports journalist and Actually, he has done a lot in terms of sport journalism. He's based in Spain. It's Kai. Kai, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me here. Hope you're doing well as well. Well, I'm better than Barca, so I guess I'm doing okay. So um, to dive straight into things, um, we are going to talk about um, Alice's Champions League campaign because it was actually a phenomenal campaign from analytics fan perspective because um, in recent performances in the Champions League for Atleti has not been great. We actually finished rock bottom of our group last season and which implies no European football for us in February. That was kind of a double-edged sword which kind of was good and a bad thing because a club like Atleti needed to be playing Champions League football but that also meant that um, we could actually had more time to train with the players that's Cholo and then instill what we are now seeing today from Aleti. So Aleti has finished top of their group um, with 14 points and they finished as the second highest goal scorers of the Champions League only behind, I would say, Pep and Haaland. So that's actually uh, kind of great from Aleti. It's actually true that it's a group that everyone kind of maybe 
expected of Aleti to kind of stop because you had um, Fenoid, um, Lazio and Celtic. No disrespect to those teams, but those are teams from leagues which are maybe lower than the league Aleti play from and also teams which are financially not as good as Aleti. It's not saying Aleti are the biggest financial club out there, but um, the Champions League campaign was actually very, very good from Aleti's perspective because I think it kind of showed Aleti performing at let's say the European levels, the pace on which Aleti played kind of improved as compared to previous seasons. So Kai, do you think um, Aleti kind of perform above your expectations in Europe this season so far? I think, as you said, they're def- they were definitely expected to be first, as you mentioned, without disrespect, because frankly, Feyenoord is really the only team that sort of have impressed me of that group, because... Lazio was just not that impressive. They had this one moment where they scored with the goalkeeper, but I think that's about it. And I would say they just performed to expectation. Now, did I think they would dominate that much? Probably not, but if in hindsight, if you look at the evolution of certain players, I'm mostly thinking about Lino, I'm thinking about uh, Pablo Barrios. It's more or less according to expectation. They were expecting to do really well, and that's what they did. They performed according to uh, the expected level. Um, Kai, um, about Aliti's performances, Aliti has won all. Aliti won, sorry, all their three home games, and as compared to they won just a single game. But Aliti kind of finished the group undefeated, which was the team for three of the four Spanish teams um, that made it to the knockout stages. That's uh Aleti's rival the other team for Madrid then Real Sociedad so Kai um, but if you watch the games I think you watch Aleti's home games actually apart from the Ferenard game in the first half I think you kind of see a level of intensity which is what which is the norm in Europe the aggressiveness the high pace kind of um, putting the opponent under pressure at home but away from home I think in Lazio it was way more controlled performance because away games in Europe are not that easy. Going to Rome and the atmosphere at the Stadio Olimpico was actually great because the Lazio fans were actually behind that team and then we actually did well, took a lead, but then we conceded. Then we had Celtic Park, which is actually has we had a very, very good atmosphere and I think they are a team which have underperformed this season in terms of the fact that um, they kind of did well but actually could not even make it to the Europa League because I think they are like a moment team and then the moments they have in game are not much. It was actually a good performance from Aliti, but it was a very, very poor start. Aliti grew into the game and then at Feyenoord, which Aliti won kind of, I can say, comfortably, even though Feyenoord had their chances where they were actually threatening and maybe on top, but Aliti kind of handled them well. So Kai, you notice that there's a difference in performances, how you perform away from home and at home, which is maybe expected, but that of Aliti, I think the difference between how they perform at home and away from home is kind of much. Do you think that's an issue for Aliti going forward in the competition? I think it's very natural because if you look at a lot of teams, be it in domestic leagues or, as you mentioned, in European competitions, it doesn't matter if it's Europa League or Champions League, most teams just don't perform away and that's perfectly normal. Because at the end of the day, it's a human sport and the psychology that you have when you have a lot of fans compared to home uh, shouting the opposition, whistling whistling at you, especially I'm thinking of Lazio, like a very hardcore uh, fan base. It's not that really 
odd. It's if anything expected, but I definitely think that Atletico can improve on it because in Atletico's case, it's very psychological. It's been used like that. If you look at uh, Atletico's performance against Barca, it was like probably one of the worst since the beginning of the season. And it was psychological more than anything because, as you mentioned, Atletico afterwards do get in the rhythm. But this for the first 20 minutes, which are essential to sort of set the mood for the game, Atletico often fails them away from home. And it's not a problem yet, but it can start being a problem depending on how they go on in the next round. Because depending on who the opponent will be, in the round of 16, the difference between their home level and their away level, if it should be, can indeed be a problem. Because in the Champions League, it's about details. These small moments will quite literally set the, the whole mood for the game. And for both games, because you're, you're going to have a away and home game. So it's not yet a problem. And I won't say it's that worrying. But what's rather worrying is that sort of psychological block that Atletico tends to have against certain opponents, especially away from home, where essentially it sort of folds itself back when it shouldn't. There's no real reason to, you know, sort of suffer, which is typical of Atleti, uh, in such occasions. It's sort of like shooting yourself in the foot at the end of the day. Well, Kai, like you have rightly said, it's kind of psychological. And on the previous podcast um, where I did a a preview, sorry, a review of um, the game against Barca with Neil, and we kind of talked about that because, like you said, it's psychological blockage. And I think even in some in the home games, I think you kind of see that because there are moments in the game where I think, uh, especially after maybe a little I go it's up, you kind of have like a psychological reset, and then maybe. Some of the players, because majority of the players, especially the core of the squad, have been at Aleti things for I sorry for more than five or six years now. And then um, you have um, the likes of um, Koke who have been with Cholo since the beginning. So you have maybe that psychological problems, which kind of is like a reset. And then they go back to say 2014 or 2016, and then you have the team being passive, out of possession, which is actually very risky, like we saw against Amaria. And also when Aleti took the lead against Lazio, I think for 15 minutes after that, then Lazio were kind of on top. So it's something I think maybe it's maybe the next step which Cholo has to kind of uh, work on. So Kayaleti topped the group for the first time in a while. That's actually, I think, the third time that's happened. So it means Aleti can have a favorable draw against second-seeded teams. But then you have second, some second-seeded teams like Inter and Paris. So... Cholo was asked yesterday who he thinks he wants um, to be his opponent in the round of 16. And he, tells, he just replied, typical Cholo, I will want an opponent that will allow me to pass, which is kind of sarcastic. So, um, given how you have seen Aleti play, what are some of the things, teams do you think Aleti will struggle against, should they be drawn against in the round of 16? It's sort of very hard to predict which team... Uh, Atletico would typically suffer or not suffer against because, first of all, uh, these games will happen only in a month. And a lot can change in a month. If you look at the Atleti uh, before and post World's work, uh, uh, the World Cup of Qatar, you see a big difference. And 
historically you see a lot of teams that massively improve or massively regress depending on the exact momentum. Like right now and overall throughout the year, and I think it's been fairly good, but a bunch of injuries. In fact, Atletico, uh, the injury of Pablo Batios is really like quite a big problem for Atletico, though they're managing it fairly well. Uh, but genuinely, I think Atletico would struggle against Inter for me. Like, I genuinely think Inter genuinely are a tricky team because they're not the favorites, but they've shown it to the past in the Champions League. They're able to go very far because they've got a lot of different tools at the disposition. Uh, PSG, I don't really think that would be a problem despite the individual quality uh, for the simple reason that Atletico has all the tools to overpower uh, PSG in the middle, especially because they seem for some reason to always go with the double pivot of uh, Vitinha and Zayremri. And honestly, I don't see it as a problem for Atletico because they can exploit it very easily. Uh, teams that might be difficult for me is definitely someone like, I'd say Dortmund, if they're qualified, because I think they are. Um, and generally, I think that most teams, there's not really an easy team to me uh, this year in the Champions League. Uh, they've qualified, of course, because they've I don't really see a perfect team besides Manchester City at most. Uh, all the other teams, I can perfectly pinpoint a specific weakness. So to me, it's not really about which opponent they get. It's more of whether, whether the psychological drawback will reappear or not. That's Because Atletico, realistically speaking, are one of the best teams in Spain. And therefore, they're also one of the best in the world. Like Besides Manchester City and maybe Munich, I don't really see a lot of teams that could genuinely be favorites against Atletico. If anything, which is odd for Atletico, they might be actually one of the favorites. So it's really hard to pinpoint a team. Like, to my sense, Atletico can easily win against 80% of the teams. It's true, yes. Atleti has this mentality of our back against the wall, but as an Atleti fan, it's not something you are used to, where you are kind of like the favorites heading into game, every game, especially against some of the big guns in Europe. But like you have said, it's actually quite true because um, most of the teams have flaws and from between now and February, a lot of things can change. You have the general transfer windows and some teams will actually address their weaknesses. For example, that of Bayern Munich, they actually dying it of a defensive midfielder and so does Aleti. So you have the opportunity of actually addressing that weakness. So... Between now and then, like you said, injuries or maybe teams restrengthening their squads. And then you have maybe different teams. And also, some teams may actually pick momentum. Like in the case of Dortmund, where they're actually struggling domestically. And maybe in the turn of the year, they can actually turn things around like they did last season. Because they were actually one of the best teams after the turn of the year in the Bundesliga. So a lot of things can change. So that's actually kind of true. As for Inter, I think, like you've said, they actually have a lot of tools which can hurt a lot of teams because I think they are the most chameleon-like team in the group, even though Laria kind of had a very good time against them home and away. So, um, if I may just trouble you a bit, um, what's your prediction? How far do you think Aleti can go into this competition? Or, like you said, if they can get rid of their mental blockage, they can actually go all the way? To my sense... 
Atletico definitely go, well, depending on who they get, assuming it's not Manchester City, they definitely get to the um, quarterfinals. That's for sure. Then, depending on you know their own performances, injuries, etc., I definitely actually think they could make it to the final. Uh, but I think the the goal for Atletico should be uh, to get in the semifinals. I think that's not um, so realistic. I think it's very achievable, uh, especially because by then Pablo Barrios will be back, and for me, that's one of the biggest factors. Uh, now, what if it will happen? That's really hard because of the psychological drawback and all the other possible um, factors that might come in. But generally, I say quarterfinals minimum and probably semifinals is it within the reach. Oh, that's fantastic. One can actually dream. That's a trophy that has eluded um, Alitio Nacholo. So winning the Champions League will actually maybe remove a lot of psychological blockage for not just the players, but also for us fans, at least some of us can start watching penalty shootouts if we do that. So, Kai, um, <laughs> moving forward, uh, we have to talk about this weekend clash, and it's against um, Athletic Club. Athletic Club are actually not just uh, the parent club of Athletic, that's the club which Athletic used their strike before, I think, as Louis Bessie says it, um, go, um, they went to buy Athletic's kit, and then there were no black one kit, so Actually, he had to maybe change a little his home colors, and now we have what we are wearing today. So, um, Kai, I think um, Athletic Club are one of the best teams in the league, not just because um, they are one of the best present teams in the league, but actually, Valverde has kind of solved their issue because I think it's a, an issue I think I and most of La Liga followers have been reiterating on Twitter, where we are talking about the fact that. Um, since the retirement of Aduris, Aleti has lacked a 15-plus goal a season striker or even a 20-goal a season striker. And that's actually been a hindrance for them because we have seen them fighting relegation under Garitano to almost making it to Europe. And it's been a while since Aleti Club has made it to Europe. But this year, looks like they may actually do it. They have started in a similar way like they did last season, but they kind of fade away. But now the difference between this season and last season is actually the fact that at the same point this season and last season, Athletic Club has scored 22 goals and they are considered 13, which is not actually bad considering 13 goals in 16 games. But this season, they have actually considered more, but they are actually scoring more. And then this is thanks to Nyaki Williams, who have been improving his finishing over the years, and also Gruzetta, which was who was signed from the Segunda two years ago. So, Kai... These guys have actually improved. So, can you kind of give us like a rundown tactically of what Athletic Club do in possession and some of the things some of the players do? Like, for example, the role of Sunset, the double pivot will be Luis de Galareta or Andy Herrera, and the wingers will be Nyaki or will be Berenguer, and how they actually build up to arrive at the opponent's goal. I would say, of course, the the main thing with Athletic Club is that they tend to attract pressure because what typically Athletic Club and it's a typical Valverde thing to do is they're looking for to pass in the zone that's behind your back. So that's why they usually they sort of are very patient in build up because they just wait for you to jump on them and then they sort of 
not really like the ZB, but not as extreme, of course. But what they tend to do is they try to attract pressure to then you know, exploit the space uh, very quickly there. Of course, when you have someone like Sanchet, it's very easy because Sanchet is quite literally a diamond when it comes to counterattacks. Uh, coming from that like sort of advanced midfield zones, he's the type of guy that really sort of supplies chances. So when you have like defenders like Vivian, for example, uh, that are very secure in possession. It's very easy with that. De La Galadeta, I've talked about him quite a lot. Um, I, I don't think Vesga, for example, is really someone worth talking about. Like He's decent uh, without being extraordinary. It's really De La Galadeta that's been the highlight because he's been behind many of the build-ups. He's the one starting them. Uh, with Sanchez, there's no question, of course. Uh, and then Guduzeta, he's really been the highlight. Uh, in fact, Guduzeta was actually scouted by Chelsea in 2017 back then. Uh, so, but most actually don't know. So Guduzeta has been really the sort of the nine that they've been missing, but it's definitely not enough because both Iñaki and Nico, they lack the finishing. They generally just... What actually causes it is really hard to pinpoint because they get in the shooting positions most of the time, but they just don't tend to be clinical enough. Like they don't have this sort of shooting instinct that, for example, made Adudis or Luis Suarez or whoever you're thinking about. And Sanchez himself, honestly, has to improve uh, his shooting as well because, yes, he's mostly a creator, uh, but when you're playing this coach to go, you need to be more involved in goals. So I think... The key is really to cut off access between Williams and Sanchez. Because once you cut this down, it's very easy to sort of shut down Athletic, who really like, they, they like the goals. The fact that they've been this high in the league is actually impressive and it's probably not sustainable. I would say by late, latest, by February, it's not going to keep up. And they already dropped points against Granada. Granada, who are not particularly impressive in any way. They're like really below in the table, if I'm not wrong, they've been in the relegations. I think they might even fire their coach already. Uh, so athletic club, the, the way it works is you always need to sort of make sure your rest defense works. Because the biggest assumption from athletic club side is always that they want your centrals to jump on you so they can explode the space outside. But if your rush defense stays still, it's really hard for them to pinpoint. The maximum they really do is hoping that Nico Williams uh, would actually do his 1v1, but that's a bad. But in the same fashion, Nico generally does not press a lot, which is a big problem when you play for a flight club. Uh, same for that, say that actually. So essentially, if Atletico really wants... Uh, to win, they just need to do their mid-block and then sometimes jump high, but you don't really need to because if you don't give in in Athletic's plan, they're not really that proactive. So they essentially are very likely to hurt themselves and Atletico with Lino, uh, normally I would say Pablo Barrios, but if I'm not wrong, he's still injured. Uh, but with Koke, you can do the same thing. Uh, Kelme, even at most, if Lino does not perform. These are of of course Griezmann. Like to my sense, San Sanchez is sort of like a bit weaker of, of course than Griezmann. And with Griezmann being on form, 
uh, it's clear that it's very hard to contain him. So I think as long as Atletico build up on the wide threat thing with Lino and let Griezmann have the ball, and of course Morata, etc., like Atletico generally should just be themselves, but maybe not as high up as usual. Set to mid block, and essentially you've nullified 75% of Athletics' threats. Um, Kyle, uh, you mentioned some important things. Um, we talked about um, De, Glar- De Galareta, who actually came back to Athletic Club um, this summer. And he was actually one of the, my favorite players to actually watch at Mallorca because he's actually of that type of controller type, someone who kind of organizes Athletic Club's play, and he's also very keen in position. And now, Quality club with um with um Yera's injury, you have now Parades, who was actually fantastic for Spain at the under 21 Euros, and it's actually very, very good with the ball. And the positive for Athletic Club is the fact that um, I think Vivian and Parades are actually good in possession and they actually take that initiative. You said um Aleti should be like uh, in the mid-block, but I think there are games, I think like against Cadiz last season where Parades uh, I think even I think Vivian actually has uh, made the initiative to like Force us to commit and then force um, um Kadis to commit and Kadis committed and then they scored. And those are things you have already warned us about what Athletic Club actually do in possession. And I think you mentioned something very important in Sunset because his evolution has actually been great because under Garitano, he kind of was playing as a, second, a secondary striker or you can say a main striker next to Inyaki where he was like the target man and then his aim was to actually link up play and then or quick start count or be the the outlet for counter-attacks and then playing yakking behind but now we have he has evolved and especially on a Vavidi where he tries more in operating in the pockets of spaces especially on the i think the right half space where he he actually tries there and in the game against granada Aleti kind of did well and i think he sunset will actually be kicking himself because he actually kind of um, missed a lot of chances which would have um, killed the game for Aleti club um kai i think um you have covered all them um, just to touch in on galadreta so you said um if Aleti actually cannot nullify the access to sunset and um, the williams then i think Aleti has actually kind of made majority of shutdown athletic club do you think galadreta can kind of impact the game in a certain way i mean galadreta by definition always impacts the game um but i i definitely think it's not that hard to cut him off because Galareta as a controller, as you mentioned, always depends on his partner, uh, which of course it has varied, but usually it's Vesca. And the thing is with Vesca, we've seen this last year, Vesca is very easy to isolate because when he's under pressure, he panics a lot and it might, you know, uh, impact him, of course, negatively. So I think... If you can sort of isolate Vesca, which is honestly not that hard with like a proper press, which Atletico, if anything, are really good at, you shouldn't have too many problems with Galadeta. Is he going to cause some troubles? Probably, but they're fairly negligible. Uh, okay, that's actually something Atletico can work on. Kind of force passes into... Um... Excuse me, kind of first passes into Vesca and then they can actually swarm him up and actually dispose, like, I'm sorry, win back the ball. What, um, what sorry, Basadi to Koki in the one new defeat at 
in Barcelona. So Kai, um, when you talk about Atletic Club, I think to any any fan of La Liga, the first thing that comes to their brain is actually the fact that um, they kind of depend a lot on homegrown players play for the first team. But if you want to talk about tactics, the first thing that comes tact- tactically to if any fan of La Liga or any any person who follows La Liga closely is the fact that they are actually one of the teams which are actually tough to play against in the fact that they are actually very aggressive given how the kind of form of the players at Lezema where you have a lot of aggressive pressing players who run a lot. So Kai, we are going to talk about um, Atletis Club who out of possession phase and my first question is going to be under Garitano, I think they were a little bit more passive even though there were times where they kind of pressed. And under Marcelino, we all know Marcelino how his teams are very compact and um, let's say rigid in possession, if you may, because even though I know rigidity is not something which is very common in football, given that given the state of the game and everything, but I'm trying to talk about the fact that they were they are tough not to crack. So Kai, how much do you think of the out of position stuff as um, Valverde who actually succeeded Marcelino? Has he kind of kept in place or he brought in new OOP ideas that he's actually using at Athletic Club? Funnily enough, I remember there was a tweet from the Liga Michael a few days ago, maybe a week ago, where he mentioned that you could actually compare the current Barca, uh, Athletic Club of Valverde and his at Barcelona, and you see very similar ideas. Um, what Valverde did is essentially he he improved a lot the role of Sanchez because Marcelino tended to put him either too uh, too advanced or not enough, and Valverde sort of put him in in the middle of every action, which is the right way to use him, if you ask me. Uh, Valverde, I definitely think he's had a lot of impact on. The press, because while Marcelino was pretty good at it, Valverde, if anyone, if anyone knows about pressing, and you mentioned sort of this high press that they use, it's definitely them. And if you look, even in the games, they're not that good. I'm thinking of Granada. They still are very hard uh, to crack, as you said, because the thing is like Athletic, it's not that they're good. It's more of it's easy to make mistakes against these guys, and once you make a mistake. You have to like do three times the work you would have normally done to get your points. That's how it works. Athletic are really like, like what I call a trap team. And G- even Girona had a problem. Uh, Girona, as far as I know, drew 1-1, I think, a month ago or maybe even a few weeks ago. And Yeah, some weeks ago. Yeah, and the reason is like because Girona relies on the mistakes and Athletic Club are like one of they do very little mistakes, it became very hard for Girona to do anything. And it, beca- it became more or less a standstill. So the thing is, like, if you're overcommitting, Athletic Club will directly punish you. And that's how the whole Valverde mentality, in, in a way, works. It's not the most, let's say, ambitious way, but the, the idea is that when you're attacking, there's... I know how much percent, percentage chance that you will eventually make a mistake. And Athletic Club is sort of inciting you to do that one mistake and then it's game over, essentially. So the way it works is you need to make sure to have space for interiors because the whole idea of Athletic Club is to force you to be in the center 
and then cut your options off because the uh, when you cut off in the center and you lose the ball there, which is for example to Hanana, uh, you easily uh, have zones where you lose the ball that are like very critical. So the way it works is you either play white, which is an option with Lino, for example, for Atletico, or you make sure that your interiors have space. Uh, now, in the case of Atletico, I would rather go wide, but it depends, you know, personal play style and how fit are the players, because I haven't checked who's fit and who's not fit. But altogether, you need to make sure that Athletic don't feel comfortable. Uh, and that means, first of all, denying them that possibility of that high press, uh, making sure, you know, you can triangulate the whole time with your players, and the other is going white, because this is generally where it's Lecue or, or um, on the left wing, this is where Athletic Club is going to have problems to defend. They can attack very well, but they are also very vulnerable when they're attacking. And Atletico has definitely, on average, the higher quality players, which means that if they inside 1v1s wide, they're very likely to win. Okay. Well, um, I think that's something I think uh, we will actually maybe take advantage of, given that uh, most of our chances generated are actually from wide areas and i think Aliti club has considered um, two similar goals i think kelvin brown pointed out against um real Sociedad and girona where they actually face a lot of difficulty defending the far post and maybe that's something Atletico can uh, actually take advantage of like you talked about the fact that they actually create traps centrally for for you and i'm thinking about the poor and just calculate the amount of ball losses you can give away midfield well we'll get to that um kyle there are some vuln- like the vulnerabilities you have talked about, which Aliti Club have, which is actually in wide areas and maybe trying to actually get you to commit errors. And I think which I, they are basically going by the Moreno's principle, which says that if you have the ball, there's a higher probability of you making a mistake and then also capitalizing on it and the rest. Um, Kai, I think Vavede, as a top coach, someone who has coached Barca and won La Liga, he almost went invisible. And if not for the actual meltdown at... Um, Anfield, he would have won the Champions League, in my opinion. Actually knows this because he's actually a top coach in my books. So how do you think he has overcome some of the vulnerabilities that were on display versus Celta Vigo, that were on display versus Real Sociedad and also versus Granada? Because those weaknesses I'm talking about is actually the weaknesses where they were actually, they actually faced difficulties in defending wide areas. And I'm sure every team, every team in La Liga knows that a club like Atletico Madrid are actually very, very deadly in wide areas. On the right, you have that combination of Lino, sorry, um, Molina and Lorente, the runs in behind. Then you have the 1v1s on the left with um, Lino, Riquelme. So what are, what do you, how do you think he can actually overcome some of these difficulties and actually to maybe keep short Atletico or he sticks with his principles of setting those pressing traps or fake passing lanes and then they kind of force turnovers? Essentially, in short, I think it's ex- it's trying to take advantage of the first 15 minutes where Atletico sort of tried to set on the game in a similar way to how Barcelona did. It's not that you're going to force, but Atletico, when they're to the, that psychological non-dominant state, when they do mistakes, they really do mistakes. That's what happened against Barcelona. Uh, when you had that chance from Rafinha Lewandowski, it's not that Barcelona was that good. It's just that because Atletico shot itself in the foot this 
deep, it was very easy to see simple mistakes be converted into huge mistakes. And so what Athletic Club always tries to do, and especially against Athletic Club, that makes even more sense, is to try to take advantage of this 15 minutes of momentum they can get against Atletico where they're not on the top and punish that and then sit back. That's the way, best way because the whole point for Athletic will be to force the press to go from wide to the center because in the center, Athletic have the advantage, to my sense. Um, that's where they mostly excel, especially with Sanchez and uh, De La Galareta. So to me, that's how I would do it. Now, the whole, the whole only problem with that is that while they tend to prefer centrally, one of their main magnets is wide, and that's Nico Williams. So playing the, the 1v1 for Nico Williams is important, but it's also important that Nico Williams never goes alone. Uh, so I think definitely, like, if it's Sanchez, for example, which I expect him to be, uh, to make these runs, this is what sort of distract the markers from Nico Williams in possession is probably the most important thing they can do against Atleti. Oh, okay, fair enough. I think the first minutes of the game will be crucial, and I think Atleti will know that as well, given they have kind of started poorly, I think, against Valencia or something similar. And then you have the most recent game, Barca, and I think Morata himself said it. The numbers are there, they can't lie. We need to improve away from home. It's true. We don't have the same support we have away from home at home, but we have to learn to play under such conditions if we actually want to achieve our goals. And I think this is something uh, the players will actually have to be wary of because if you watch the game against Lazio, I think I watched the game, it was actually a good result and good performance, but there were things there that actually, like you said, if it was against Athletic Club, then it would have been another story. So, Kai, we move on to Atletico to talk about their tactical setup since they lost against Barca. Like you said, a game where we shot ourselves in the foot so much so that it was actually difficult for us to recover. But against Almeria, we kind of showed gusto, showed um, that we can actually be a team on the front foot and then we kind of covered some loopholes that were the case against Barca. But as the game progressed, those same mistakes crept in, but then we corrected it against um, Lazio. So, Kai, Aleti actually take a lot of risk in possession. And I think the, the reason why that risk is not has not been very visible is actually thanks to Aleti's um, rest defense. They are so that they are prepared, they know that the counter can occur anytime, so their shape is always to kind of minimize that. But Aleti has not faced um, a lot of counter-attacking teams like or a team like Aleti Club who actually thrives a lot on the counter so far this season. Though they have faced the likes of Cadiz and Alaves, but that of Aleti Club, the quality is higher. So Kai, in possession, most of the time, I think you have um, a cookie and the Paul pivot, and then... Um, which actually eats progression and Aleti kind of tends to favor to build on the left. And then against Barca in the opening minutes, they actually started building on the right and it was successful. And I kind of got my hopes out and then was shattered. But actually, kind of, Aleti kind of have a problem building on um, build up from the right side, which I think Chola has tried to solve by using Wittel there in a couple of games and maybe Depot closer to that side. That is why maybe you have Griezmann playing as one of the eight, or you have maybe Saul. So, Kyle, do you think um, Aleti has changed much from how they used to play before the defeat at Barca that's in the last two games against um, Lazio and Amaria? Or 
Aditi have just uh, maintained what they did and maybe work on the mistakes that were actually put on display in the game against Barca? Honestly, it's hard to say for the simple reason that the game against Barca was very recent. You've had two games, if I'm not wrong, against Almeria and then against Lazio yesterday, and that's essentially yes. about it. So you can't really talk about before and after. Like genuinely, I think uh, the game against Barca was more of a like a bad day thing. It there's not really much, that much reading to do into it because. The mistakes are not to be explained. And in the second half, uh, Atletico definitely came back, if anything. So to my sense, to say like a before and after Badfell does not really make a lot of sense. And I, as you said, like they just should be themselves because that's when they've been the best. The only defeat that I could see as half worrying in the last months might be the 2-1 against Las Palmas. That's... The only game, to my sense, where I quite literally went down, that was indeed deserved. Because in most games, it's more than good. Uh, against Almeria, first of all, Almeria is not really a reference because they're just hilarious at this point. Um, and the game against Lazio, they were pretty good from what I saw. So I don't think... I just as mentioned thing they just should just be themselves nothing more and nothing less well Kyle like you said Aleti just need to be themselves and nothing more nothing less that is keep building up from the back which is something they have actually done a lot this season as compared to previous season and despite the fact that you have a lot of turnovers which may lead in chances for the opposition Aleti keep on doing that which kind of shows the levels Aleti have gone to to actually be where they are at the moment and Kyle um, just about um, Alexis in possession um, we have Depaul personally I've been a huge critic um, of, of Depaul in recent games it's true he has good games like against Lazio but I believe Depaul is capable of more and I believe the role he has been given Alexis should actually bring out the best in him but I don't think we have actually seen the best of Depaul at Aleti at the moment because if you watch the game against Lazio you have a lot of these traps Lazio set for us and actually where you is like our eight our interiors there in space and then you have to play too you have the likes of Savage falling for that I have no issue with that not saying that it's a good thing but Savage is not a very very good ball player like him also in terms of reading the game and execution of pass but you have Depaul is a player who keeps falling for that and Given a player of his caliber on the ball, I don't expect him he, expecting him to expect that from him. Because to be honest, maybe it's either because I have a lot of expectations for the ball, or it's actually the fact that um, he's not actually as good as I think, which is basically the same thing. So Kai, what's your opinion on Rodrigo De Paul? I mean, personally, the Paul is just performing to what I expect him to. Is he able to do better? Probably. But honestly, I don't think I expect really a lot more, uh, at least in this setup with Atletico. Now, of course, it's hard to compare because if you look at his performances with Argentina, it's a different story. But altogether, I think he's doing just fine. But that, again, that might be my personal judgment because, I mean, I like him, but I would not call him you know, a top, top player. 
So to my sense, he's just doing his job. Nothing more, nothing less. Fair enough. It seems I have a lot of high expectations for the guy. And kind of maybe actually blurs what I expect from performances from him in games because I think Alice's creativity in the final third has actually been put on him and you have him kind of playing passes where even from your TV screen you can see that those passes are not open and then those leads to counter-attacks and then like the case against Celtic in Celtic Park and then he tries to win the ball back and then you have uh, a red card given that he's not one of the best players out of possession. So talking of out of possession, we have to talk about Alitis out of possession because I think one of the issues Alitis has first is that Cholo has actually achieved the balance he has been searching for. That's the balance between attacking and defending. Because Alitis' rest defense has actually improved a lot. Because one of the things I think I actually sensed this to use was the fact that Alitis actually, when they're attacking on a certain wing, you have that wing kind of, you have players in, you have a close uh, combination where if, including case there's a, a, a turnover, Aleti has a higher chance of winning the ball. And then something which started with Renudo and has continued with Hermoso is actually Hermoso's kind of drifting inside to make sure that things are more compact on that area. And then we have a player on the other side where if plays switch on, so in case the opponent wants to attack down that side, then you have him um, kind of tracking back easily. Um, Kai, uh, what I want to actually ask is the fact that um, for Aleti's out of position, I think. Aleti has actually improved, but they are still, uh, you see, have loopholes in it. Like, for example, when they want to press, you have um, that gap between the midfield and the defense, which is actually something that um, teams can take advantage of. Like in the case of Aleti Club, you have Sunset receiving that zone. is very dangerous for Aleti. But Griezmann said that um, from video analysis, they saw that Aleti is pressing at an issue, and now you have um, the centre-backs being more proactive on you have the team defending as one you have a more coordinator than the rest so do you think um the last two games like you said amaria actually are not an opponent which you can actually like maybe base a lot on because of their form and how like you said hilarious they have been throughout the season do you think alitis op actually when it comes to pressing or sitting in the mid block do you think Pressing high is kind of favorable for Aleti or maybe sitting deep in the mid-block is favorable for Aleti? Honestly, I would not try to categorize because the thing I, I'm probably one of the believers that your game between uh, in possession and out of possession, I don't really like to divide it because they're, they're very linked. Uh, what I would say is that normally, yes, Atletico has been more actually played higher and higher. Uh, as of this year, mostly. Uh, but against Athletic, as I mentioned before, they definitely should go for a mid-block to me because it allows us flexibility, uh, which is very needed against Athletic Club because they're a team that's very versatile. Uh, but usually, if you force them to go high, which is what to do with a mid-block, because if you get a mid-block against a mid-block, it cancels out. And if anyone really wants to win... It's most definitely Athletic Club. So I think that if you force Athletic to go high, it's very easy to get them because, for example, as I mentioned, Vesca is very easy to translate. Uh, and Nico Williams, when he attacks, he doesn't tend to press a lot uh, when uh, after losing the ball. And that's definitely a very starting point, especially in the athletic, if 
anyone has the strength on the wings is Atletico. So I think these are the sort of the two points that out of possession that you really have to take in account to sort of win the tactical battle. Hey, fair enough. Um, Guy, um, something I want to mention because um, there's this issue that has come up a lot with the fact that Aleti, Aleti lack um, dual winners or players that cover a lot of ground, which is actually something I think most elite teams have. I think Man City have with, with I think, Rodri. Um, Arsenal now with... Um, um, is it Rice? And then Bayern are actually looking for one. And then you have Aliti with Koke. But I think Cholo knows that um, when it comes to covering ground, that's not um, Koke's best suit. And I think it's something I think which we are coming to an issue. I think as a supporter of Barcelona, you are, you are, you are not strange with or you are very familiar with when it comes to Busquets. Because when it comes to actually covering a lot of space, he is not actually your guy. But when it comes to like the team actually makes the pitch smaller and then he can actually use his game reading to make ball winning from anticipations. Excuse me? He's your guy. And I think that's something from similar with Koke. I'm not saying Koke is Busquets or Busquets is Koke. Do you think um, it's actually a call for concern that Aleti needs actually to go into the market for a six that can actually dominate in duels and also cover ground? Because Chula has kind of, um, how can I say, like make up for this weakness with um, the fact that he knows Koke doesn't cover a lot of ground, so the play is actually very closer to him, so he does not um, have a lot of, uh, how can I say, like these long transitions where when the boy is long, lost, Aliti kind of maybe recovered in their own half or the game become up and down, and then you have maybe him doing those recoveries just maybe around him or after the boy is lost. Honestly, I'd say that yes, they ideally they need to go to the market because they're in a stable phase as of now, but the, the, definitely it would help. And I'm not only thinking about the six, I'm thinking generally if you look at the profiles of deal winners, there aren't that many I can think about. And if you take into account that Jimenez is injured like 75% of the season, uh, you quickly have a big problem. But then it's also true that they're not that many. There's Manchester City, yes, but Manchester City is really maybe Arsenal at most. These are the only two teams I can really think of that have a lot of the winners. I mean, you think Gerardotti, you think Akanje, you think Ake. Like City are really an exception uh, because they've really essentially got two teams, if you think about it, which is uh, partially the financial success and the reason. The, the fact is that, like most of Spain, Atletico's financial state right now is not the most desirable. Uh, which brings you to the fact that, first of all, I'm not sure who you would get because the six market is very tight. And honestly, it's very hard uh, to actually find that proper, proper, that proper profile. And a lot of teams don't. Of course, if Atletico can really find someone uh, that can be this winner, perfect. But realistically speaking, it's a problem of 90% of the market as well. Um, well, Kai, like you have said, the market is very thin. And if you can get someone in January, then that would be perfect. I think the aim was to get a short-term solution. And Guido Rosiguez was Aliti's pick, but he's now injured, which actually means Aliti maybe has to look for another player. And then um, I think the aim was to have a, a short-term solution 
and then in the summer we actually go for someone young and a little scouting department is not is actually very good even though i think the owners are kind of hesitant to sign some of the players in the past like Guimarães, lutaro and the rest well we have gone from party and roger to where we are now hopefully actually we can actually get someone because i think in the games in the champions league we will actually need those type of players we brought in colombia sadly he didn't work out due to some of the many limitations he has as a single pivot so i'm going to uh, the key tactical battles in the game uh, what do you think the game will be lost or won or what are the things that fans or, or neutrals or even elite fans can actually keep an eye on when watching that game i mean what exactly to keep an eye on individual things um i mean of course nico williams is 100 percent the biggest problem uh but elsewhere i don't really think there's that many words because if you look if you were to check 1v1 uh you know the paper squad but on paper there's not that many advantages that atletico does because generally atletico takes it over because if griezmann speaks for itself Morata uh, is getting in form as well. Lino speaks for itself as well. Uh, at most, maybe if there's a 2v1 against um, Savage, at most, or at most, like one of the white center backs. But that's the only thing I think they should worry about. The, the main thing is more of a collective thing. Just make sure that you don't get caught in athletics idea of getting it back. That's the only really thing I can Well, I hopefully we can actually not get caught in that because if we get caught in that, then we are playing to their hands. And if we play into their hands, then it might actually get dirty for us. When I mean dirty, that is actually the fact that the results might actually not be very good and losing against Athletic Club will actually mean the game in hand we have will actually not be so useful. Because you actually imply that even if we lost the game and then we kind of win our next two games. We are seven points behind, which it's a gap which we can cover, but it kind of leaves you handicapped getting to the second round of games where you have a chance to maybe cut it short to four points. So, Kai, um, I think there are some questions that um, some fans ask. And the first is um, coming from a family history. I think we have already answered this question is considering Atletico's progress in high present phase in the previous games after the Barca defeat on the one hand and Bibao's advantages in their fast wingers and sunset acting as an aid or the link between the midfield and the attack how to and to what extent should Atletico play this match should they play in a low medium block or how often should they press or the center back should be reactive to jump I think we already I've answered a few times already actually by accident but I don't think that Sanchez is such a worry because it's pretty easy to cut access uh, given that Atleti uh, have the majority in the white spaces. And once you do that, it's not that worrying because Guduzeta is not that impressive just yet uh, to become a major threat. So once you cut access to Sanchez, it's not that hard. And also, like as I mentioned, if you pinpoint Vesga, you, you solve 99% of your problems. Uh, and as for the, the block, as I just said mid-block because you want that flexibility because the thing is like Atleti is able to like defend in any setup. The, the question is just to make sure 
you don't fall in the traps uh, of getting attracted, as I mentioned just now. So, to my sense, mid block. Um, I, okay, I kind of agree with that. And um, so on to the next question, which is actually from my kid sister. Um, she's asking, uh, to what extent um, has Koke limited um, Cholo tactically in terms of how he can approach games in and out of possession? I mean, I wouldn't say any player limits uh, anything. It's more of the, the approach that most coaches tend to have nowadays and the one I prefer myself is you always look at your player. Yes, they can do everything, but they can do a lot of things. And the idea is always to maximize their strengths and to minim or sort of try to hide the qualities. And historically, Koke has been a net positive. I mean, the value he gives you on in possession is incredible. Now, out of possession, is he the best presser? Probably not. But has he really been a hindrance in comparison, you know, to the average Atletico uh, player? I don't think so. Okay, that's nice. Uh, that's all. Well, for me, every day, any time of the week, Cookie starts in my team, and then maybe the other pieces can fit into it. But well, that's from a fan's perspective and not from a coach perspective because they have a lot of things to worry about. Luckily for me, I'm not um, in Diego Simeon's shoes, so things are kind of uh, different for me. So, Kyle, um, we are almost at the end of the podcast, and actually, this is actually one of my best parts of the podcast, where we ask random questions to the guests, and in your case, I think uh, the first question I wish should be fairly easy, given how maybe knowledgeable you are of La Liga. Can you name... um, Two players, okay, who have played for both Athletic Club and Atletico Madrid. Uh, uh, that's not that easy because honestly, I know there are, but if I'm honest, this is like the type of knowledge I do not possess because unfortunately I'm not a Wikipedia page. Um who played for both because I don't think Valverde played for both. I mean, the players that probably played for both come up from like the 70s or something. So, obviously, no clue. Okay. Alexis' top goal scorers, I think, two seasons in the last five seasons. Really? Um... He played for Aleti. He was actually a kind of attacking midfielder and defensive. Sorry, attacking midfielder and a nine shirt. Very good in the air. Very borders, border, borderless like. Borderless like. Just this jacket is amazing. Uh, no idea, honestly. Oh, how Garcia. Raul Garcia. Oh, Garcia, yeah. True. I guess it's because there are certain players with tend to land with one team, so I, you, it's easy to forget they played for both, but true, that look at here. Okay. And the next, I think, the head coach of Super Depot. Of who? Of Super Depot. That's Deportivo La Corona when they were the best one La Liga... Um, 
of Deportivo. Uh, I have no idea who the coach is, if I'm honest. Okay. Sorry, I'm here, but like, yeah, you're really, I'm really, you're really the worst. Yeah, the worst person to ask for this. So basically, you are, like, I can say, you are the inverse of Graham, Graham Hunter, I think. <laughs> Graham is like one of the most knowledgeable people out there. So he's way more of an encyclopedia than I am. Mm. We actually suck at this card. Mm. Okay, and quite on to the next question. Um, the next question is um apart from um Barca obviously and a team in Bulgaria, what other team um, actually do you like your culture, the fan culture, the club and the rest? Not just in terms of tactics, but in terms of how the club is. Are we talking historically or currently? Go for whatever suits you can. I mean Last months and the last years, I really loved Villarreal uh, to the point where they said Setien that was less fun. Uh, currently, of course, Arsenal are definitely up there. Uh, generally, on team culture and just generally atmosphere, I would say Brighton are somewhere up there. Um, I'm thinking Dortmund, Leverkusen. Leverkusen definitely, especially since Xabi Alonso is doing wonders there. Uh, teams that are always fun. For, of course, right now, Girona is like the highlight with Las Palmas since Garcia Pimienta is there, essentially, when I started watching them. Valencia has always some kind of youth project going on, even though they sell like 99% of them. This season with Farioli, there's Nice, who have been really incredible. And from time to time, there's other clubs I like to watch. Uh, usually, uh, there's Hamburg who, and Heidenheim this season who are like very fun. And of course, Real Sociedad is definitely like my favorite club outside of Barcelona all time. I would not ask you to actually name all the clubs in Europe, you know. Okay. Well, it's not actually to name, it's not actually to name all the clubs in Europe. Ask for you know you're Mr. Europe. Much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Kai, the next question is concerning Aliti and well, you suck at this, so my hopes are not if you actually answer this then oof. Hats off to you. Um can you name uh, the manager of the manager before Cholo took over? The manager who was manager Aliti before Cholo was actually hired. The coach before Athletic uh before um Simeone, right? Yeah. Uh, before him, wait. If I'm not wrong, he was Spanish. Was it not Mandano? Yup. Gregorio yeah. Manzano. Wow. Yeah, Gregorio. Yeah. Okay, you just shocked me. And by the least. The, sorry, the last, I think they say the last, but not the least, and not the least before the last. Oh, English. Um, the last, but not the least, well, I think that's better, right? Kai, uh, your predictions for Alexi this season in terms of winning trophy, I think I've already given us that of in the Champions League, what in terms of La Liga, 
the Copa de Rey and the Super Cup. Sorry, a friend. I, is it a, they call it the Super Cup or a friendly match? Is it now a friendly match or is it just a Super Cup? Well, it depends. Uh, like, it, it really depends what they call a trophy. But my expectations, as I said, for Champions League, uh, between quarters and semis, depending on who they get. In La Liga, second. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Third in the worst of cases, but I'm pretty sure they can make second. And honestly, depending on how they go, they could actually do first, but I think second would be my choice. Uh, Copa Libre, I think they make it to the final and lose. Uh, probably, I'm not sure they also say that, or Athletic Club, I would say. Super Copa, definitely possible. But I honestly see Real winning a lot this season. So I think... Uh, I would say yes, second in most competitions, honestly, sadly enough. Okay, well, in the Super Copa, I think the ref are still going for their hunt of an El Clasico final. So hopefully, Atletico and Osasuna can actually deny them, deprive them of that. I would actually love for Osasuna to actually win the Super Copa. It's true, you'll be far away from home, but I think they and maybe Atletico are actually the ones who actually, or their fans will cherish it more than Barca or Real Madrid. No offense to them. And like you said, for well, I think you are the first guest to actually say that Aliti will make it to the Copa de final lost. Oh wow! Okay. Fair enough. And I think um, you and Neil, uh, sorry, Neil, I think Neil predicted we finish in top four. He did not specify. And as for you, you said we finish second, which is not bad. And I hope we actually win the league this year. So just the final nail on the coffin, Kai will win La Liga this season. For, I think Real will win because the reason being is that Barca is completely out, to my sense, unless some magic miracle happens. Um, Girona, I just don't see them winning. And I wrote a whole article that I'm probably soon going to publish. Surely the reason for for this is that we're already seeing a Girona drop down. And it's mostly Girona... Has a hard is starting to have the hard time. Like they're generally, they don't have enough um substitutes to be able, to, you know, to justify their current intensity approach. To my sense, at some point, they will have injuries. They're gonna have players with low confidence. I'm thinking, especially forwards. So to my sense, like they've been very fun, and I do think they will end up further fourth, fifth in the worst of cases. But I just don't see them keeping up. And then it's between Atletico and Real. And in usually in this type of cases, it's also Real who's going to win. So And with Jude Bellingham, who's just not stopping. I don't know how you actually stop uh, the guy. So that's why guy, for me, Real will This analytic podcast. This analytic podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this analytic podcast, you know. Well... I think, like you said, um, Real with Benningham, as you were saying before, I cut you short. They actually, actually, actually there, and like you said, you see them winning a lot. Hopefully, for me, they don't. And 2020-21, actually, we were there with them and we won it. So we can do it again. Then that would be nice. I know some Real Madrid fans will now listen to this and say, but in 2040, ah, they can get out. So Kyle, um, like you've said, Girona don't actually have enough in the tank to actually see through. But Michel is actually very, very tactically flexible. Like, without Yangel, he kind of came up with a solution to play Barcelona, which is actually playing like a situational back five. 
with David Lopez dropping deep and maybe at times getting to midfield. So they don't have enough in the tank and hopefully Barcelona don't do what they always do, which is strengthen a rival and then they can actually have a player in the position which they actually lack and then who knows? So Kai has been fun talking to you. Thank you for the invite. And it's also been great giving your tactical uh, insights on how the game of Atletic, Atletic, and Atletic, Atletic Club versus Atleti are going is going to go through, and some of the things we can actually keep an eye on. And it's also nice having someone with an unbiased opinion towards Atleti on the podcast because if it's left to me, we all know Atleti are the best and the best and the best. And it's also surprising seeing how you are downplaying Barca, which is actually great because it's actually not easy for a fan to actually not be biased towards their team. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we all have their bias, but I guess I'm able to take perspectives that most fans would not consider. Yeah, that's actually nice. Think level-headed and the rest. So, hopefully, Kai's predictions don't come past that's Real winning La Liga ahead of Aliti and the rest. And the reverse is true and Aliti are the ones on top. So, if you have listened up to this point, just want to thank you and Guys, remember, nunca deja de creer. Never stop believing. See you next time.